Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Cowboys Chat with Shap. My name is Zach Shaphorst. With me is Vinny Tadaro, and uh, we are recording about two hours after the Cowboys victory uh, against the Giants, 44 to 20. Um, and uh, yeah, it was a rough game for the Giants injury-wise, but the Cowboys, after uh, winning pretty much the whole game, but not uh, convincingly kind of pulled away at the end so they improved to uh, four and one and uh, so we'll, we'll definitely be talking about that game the big news during the week Jalen Smith getting cut kind of out of the blue um, definitely we'll talk about that and then the upcoming matchup against the New England Patriots but as always we'll start with a trivia question and this week it is Vinny asking me the question, so uh, Vinny, go right ahead. Okay, so there was one year where the Cowboys were desperate for help in the defensive back defensive backfield, okay. and they drafted not one, but three corners. Can you name those corners? Uh... This, Dwayne. Is before, this is before Parcells. Okay, yeah, I, I think I know the year. Dwayne Goodrich, is that one? Yeah. Okay. Um, Mario Edwards? Yeah. Okay. Ah, uh, I'm not sure I'll get this last one. Because I don't think they lasted much more than a year or two. Besides... I think Mario Edwards maybe hung along a little bit, but yeah, he hung around. I don't, I don't for a have while. the. I can't think of the third one. Do you have any? Ah, uh, jeez, he was a fourth round pick. Oh, I feel like his first name's Pete. No. Yeah, no. Okay. Never mind. We think of Pete Hunter, probably. Maybe. Uh, yeah, I think I can't think of it. Um, I'll give you one more hint. He didn't okay. last with the Cowboys long. He didn't. Okay. Yeah. I. I and he that. fell in the draft because of character concerns. Coming up blank. Bet I'll know. Dream Larimore. Okay, okay. I do know that name. Dwayne Goodrich, Kareem Lar Larimore. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, that's a. Yeah, you got me with that one. Um, well, cornerback wise, this uh, this Cowboys team is is not doing. Terribly, I gotta say, they, they uh, not that the Giants and most of this game was against the backup, um, not even Daniel Jones, but um, his Mike Lennon, his backup. But you know, they got two interceptions on him, and and even when Daniel Jones was playing, he was uh, not doing great. He did have one nice completion, but. Um, 
yeah, he was, I think he was like five for 13, something like that when he got hurt. So, and I mean, to be fair, the Giants, even before Saquon Barkley and, and Daniel Jones and, and Kenny Galladay, they were already without their only good offensive lineman, Andrew Thomas. So yeah. I don't think it can be emphasized enough how decimated that Giants team was. Um, yeah. So I'm not going to like, I'm not ready to, you know, take laps around the field and, and say that we're, you know, a Super Bowl contender all of a sudden because of that victory. But but there is something to be said about winning convincingly against a team that you should beat convincingly. And, right. and they, they did it. They took care of business, a little bit of a slow start, but um, they ended strong and, and there was really no doubt throughout the game that they were going to win. So, um, you know, it was, it was a good good victory. Um, doesn't dramatically change my view of of the team, but but it was you know as as we should have done with that many injuries to the team. What are, what were your thoughts, Vinny? Um, I thought it was impressive, pretty impressive game by the defense. Um. Same thing for the offense. Uh, basically the same kind of game that they've been playing all year. I didn't see anything, any real changes. I mean, we have to keep yeah. in mind that the Cowboys were, are without a number of players, too. That's like true. Lyle Collins, and Mike, not like, but as Lyle Collins, Mike, Michael Gallup, Demarcus Lawrence. Um I don't know if Bradley and I was available today. They did get a couple. They did get Keanu Neal back. I think I saw Bradley and I, but I could be wrong. You know, Donovan Wilson's still out. Dorrance Armstrong's still out for whatever that's worth. And uh, so, you know, we were pretty beat up too. We, well, I guess the the one thing is that we seemed to dodge a couple bullets because it looked like uh, Elliot was hurt. Oh, yeah. And And then it looked like Cooper got hurt. Yep. Yeah, that that's a good point. Um, because I mean, they both came back so quickly that it, it almost didn't have time to register. But yeah, at the for a second, it was it looked like both of them were out at the same time, and it was like, okay, this is really bad. Um, but um, but yeah, I mean, it, it reminds me that this kind of stretch we're on it reminds me a little bit of the 2019 start to the season. Um, where we were kind of, you know, going into the season, you know, we had talked about, Hey, these first three games are going to be pretty, pretty winnable games. And the real test begins week four. And, and yet still definitely I was kind of, and it wasn't even besides the first game that year, the next two were not perfect games. We won pretty convincingly, but there were, I remember there were flaws and, and even today there were definitely some some errors but um it was you know that week four game that we lost to the saints where it was like okay this was our first real test and we and we failed the big difference this year obviously is that we did play two very good teams to start the year and and we certainly held our own and and we beat the chargers um so it, it is a little different but i do want to i don't want to change my view of the team from these last couple games uh, until we play another 
you know, another team that I think is a real contender, which I don't know if the Patriots I would consider a real contender. I would definitely consider them better than the Giants with all the injuries the Giants had. But um, I, I think until really until Kansas City, that's it, there's going to be a couple more, a good bit of games, none of which I think are going to be cakewalks. But I think Kansas City is is going to be the next true test for this team, and and it'll be a little while before that one. Um, but one thing I will uh, mention, which I thought was was cool, I um, so Des Bryant said something on Twitter about. Um, now let me pull it up. Basically, he he responded to my to a tweet that I made. And he said that his, that, or no, no, I said, this feels like the most uh, exciting team or, or like the most promising team that I've seen since I've been a fan uh, since 2014. And, and I remember, you know, a couple games that year, the Saints being one where they were, uh, and frankly, that was a more impressive win. I, I think that Saints team was pretty good. And we beat them by like three touchdowns. But I, I threw that out there, and he said that it, it this is the best team that he's he's seen. And he said, or he said, I think they're better. I said the closest team I can compare it to is that 2014 team. And he responded, saying I think they're better. And then I tried to get him to <laughs> respond again, but he didn't. But and then one thing, another tidbit he mentioned, which I thought was interesting was that Dak has told him that he's basically given up on throwing at Trayvon Diggs in practice, um, which is funny because, I mean, and of course after I said this, Anthony Brown gets a pick six, but I was saying after Trayvon Diggs got his, you know, sixth straight game with an, or fifth straight game with interception, like, why are teams even throwing at him at all? It's not like our other corners Giants, are stars. The Giants threw at him a lot, too. Yeah, he they had did. A couple, two or three other picks. Yeah, definitely one. Well, that's right, two others. He had the sideline and the one with yeah. Galladay, yeah. But I, I think it's that's got to be just a coaching thing. Like, I think the Patriots, I, I doubt they're going to throw at him at all. I think they're going to, similar to what the Bucks did, they're going to look at the tape and see... I mean, luckily, and, and we'll talk about this more, luckily we don't have Jalen Smith as a liability, but they, they're going to see Anthony Brown and, and Jordan Lewis, and I think those are going to be the guys that they target. Um, and maybe some of the linebackers in, in coverage as well. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm expecting smart teams are going to just avoid digs like the plague. Be, unless these other guys really step up, and, and Brown give him credit because we've I've criticized him a lot and he's played well the last three weeks and I'm not totally sold on him yet I think this you know the scheme has helped him a little bit having a better pass rush but you got to give him credit he's playing well right now he did give up that big play uh on the sideline but I I give that as more credit to the quarterback and the receiver that he wasn't in bad position um so yeah i mean if he can if he can maintain this i'm not convinced he can but if he can that's we we can work with that that's 
that's much higher of a level of play than I expected out of him. And that's probably his best... He's probably off to his best start since his rookie year when he was pretty pretty respectable. So got to give him credit for that. Um, but yeah, I, and I, I think you can make the argument this is... this looks like the best team since 2014 um we definitely have more playmakers on defense i think than we did that year but i don't think our o-line is as good it is as well-rounded i should say i i think tyron smith and and martin might be playing even better than they did that year that was zach martin's rookie year um but we didn't have a Tyler Biotish, who, who did have another poor game, I thought, and, and has been by far our weakest link on the offensive line. Um, and I don't know if... The thing about Dak Prescott, I, I think people are, are saying... He, I think he's thrown the ball very well, um, about as well as, as he's thrown it, but I think there is still room for improvement with him. And I, I couldn't really say that about Romo in 2014. I, I'd have to say Romo was playing at a little bit of a higher level, but I think Dak also just hasn't had to because of how dominant the running game has been. And I think that's part of what I want to see when we play tougher opponents that I'm assuming are going to be able to give us a little more resistance uh, to the run is is Dak being able to really elevate the team, which he, I think, has is capable of doing, but just hasn't well, had to. Well, I mean, you know, Cedric Wilson has filled in admirably. Yes. He hasn't been great, but he's done a good job filling in. But they need to get Michael Gallup back. Yeah. And they need to get Lyle Collins back. Especially They, they especially need to get Lyle, um, Michael Gallup back. And I, you know, I think at that point the offense is going to take a step forward, mm-hmm. and um, we'll probably need to, in order to really go far into the playoffs. Yeah. Um, I'm still, you know, we're looking at a team that's following a, a, a formula of run the ball first, throw it second, even yeah. though they have great receivers. But if you're able to run the ball, you know, it's something I said in the summer. If they were able to run the ball better they could keep that defense off the field because the yeah. defense has still got a ways to go yeah, and it's missing some it's missing the marcus lawrence i know mm-hmm. but it's still got some a ways to go and um, more still i you know i don't think you know the takeaway thing i mean today the takeaway battle was even i think it was two two they had two takeaways and we had two takeaways that's right the fumble we, yep yeah yeah so, uh, you know, that's not something that you can really count on um, continuing. I mean, they're not going to keep killing teams in terms of takeaways. So the defense is going to have to up its game somewhat. And yeah. uh, But the offense is clicking very nicely. Yeah. And it was nice to see Anthony Brown get the pick six today, yeah. uh, even if it was against the Giants' backups. I'm surprised Jason Garrett couldn't coach them so that they could beat us anyway. But, um, you know, not not a lot to say other than I think it's smart for them to have gone back to the running. If you can run the ball, run the ball. Yeah. You, know, you don't need to get into shootouts with teams. Expose Dak Prescott to injuries. Expose, you know, expose your wideouts to injuries. And, um, 
you know, you eat up the clock, you keep the other team's offense off the field. Um, the Giants game, you know, this game started off, it was close for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the Giants were hanging in there, even without Saquon Barkley. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, Dallas was able to finally uh, pull away there. Yeah. But in fairness, it was us shooting ourselves in the foot. It wasn't so much they were like... I, I will give them the first interception. That was a, an impressive play. I, I can't really hate on the play by Dak. I, I thought that was just a, a great athletic play. Maybe he could have lobbed it a little more, but but I, I give him credit for that. Then, but then the fumble by Dak, I mean, that was not a great snap by Biotish, but Dak's got a, that's more on Dak in, in my mind. So we gave that, that away. We also had Dalton Schultz drop a touchdown pass um, that cost us four points, basically. So yeah, they, they were in it, but it was our own doing that was why they were in it. Um, but yeah, I mean, my, my thing has always been, it, it's, it's pretty simple. Like if you, if you can run the ball at five, six yards a clip, like we had, we didn't run the ball quite as effectively as we have the last few games, but we still Zeke averaged over five yards a carry. Like if you can do that, then run the ball like all, all, all day. I mean, I'd still would like, even if you're running it really effectively, I would still like to see a little more like play action on first down. And maybe part of it was because we were winning for most of the game and it, and it was partly to chew up clock. But, but like you said, it was, you know, score wise, it was close for right. most of the game. And I think, I think we could do a little better in terms of keeping them off balance with first down play call. But but still, like, if you're running that that effectively, I, I can't even be that upset by that. Um, it, it's it's when we're running it at three yards, three and a half yards of carry, that's when I want us to, to throw the ball. And especially in those scenarios, like, I think the kind of common view in the league has always been play action is going to be more effective when you are running the ball well. But statistically it's it's the same like play action as long as you're running the ball and you're not completely giving up on it play action is going to be effective and I think that's you know you you just need to run it enough to make them not think that you're going to pass every down when you're in those games like with Tampa Bay where we're running it under three yards of carry um but yeah, if you can run it effectively, and I think the Patriots will be another game where we should be able to. Like that's, I I don't, and frankly, like as tough as the Chiefs are as an overall team, I, I don't think their defense is anything. So I I don't know when, frankly, I I can't think of the next game offhand where we're gonna have a really tough run defense to to face. So we hopefully for the rest of the season should be able to. Because, yeah, it's, it makes Dak's job easier. It, it makes it, I think it makes pass protection a lot easier while we've got, you know, frankly, in my opinion, liabilities at definitely center. And I would, I know you disagree, but I, I'd say right tackle is less of a liability than center, but I am not confident in Terrence Steele 
blocking one on one consistently and and us holding the ball uh, for you know three plus seconds like uh, I, I would with Lau. I think he's done a really good job. Yeah, I I think he's done a good job for a backup, but I think we're also protecting him a lot because of how well we're running the ball. And if we're dropping back, like if, if we ran into a game like with the Bucks, I'm I'm not nearly as confident in that game plan with Terrence Steele versus Lyle Collins. Um, but yeah, oh, he's, for, not, he's not as good as Lyle Collins. Yeah, right, right. And um, but but yeah, like for for being a backup, I think he's done a great job, and he and he certainly ha- has been strong in the run game. I think every one of our linemen have been a plus run blocker if it, or better. Obviously Zach Martin is playing on another level, Tyron Smith. Um, but it's in pass protection where I think Biotish and uh, and Terrence Steele uh, a little worried about. But Connor Williams. Connor, did, did you think he had a bad game? I thought I don't know if I'd say he had a bad game, but you know I saw a couple of plays where he got beat. Yeah, I I think he's. I want to judge just on, on a couple of plays though. Yeah. But I think I mean overall the old line is playing is just playing yeah. lights out when it comes to run blocking. Yeah. And they're doing they're playing really well when it comes to pass blocking. Yeah. They're better at run blocking than they are at pass blocking. Yeah, definitely. And, and I think on both ends, you know, we haven't face the toughest opponents for defensive lines but um but we're doing what we, we should and and we're especially in the run game we're, we're better than anyone in the league right now right. and it's by a decent margin um right. so i want to talk a little bit about about uh jalen smith um so if if you've listened to any of our episodes pretty much you're gonna know what Vinny and i thought of Jalen Smith as a as a Dallas Cowboy um but I I gotta say I was very surprised initially when I heard I think it was Tuesday that he was he was cut yeah I know for sure it was Tuesday because it was right when I published this the the last episode and uh the news broke like maybe 30 minutes after that or something but um yeah, after learning a little more about it and the, the kind of financials, it made more sense. Uh, also, with Keanu Neal coming back from injury, but I, I thought it was it was very telling the response from from Cowboys fans. And um, yeah, it, it was uh, you know initially very shocking, um, but overall, I, I'm pretty pleased with it. Um, you know, this is a guy that, you know, inspiring story. I, I, you know, admire him for coming back from an injury, but at the same time, he got paid a lot of money and basically just went straight downhill yeah. ever since. And to hear him say, I don't know if you saw this quote, um, where they, where he, he starts out by saying, you know, just kind of. Uh, you know, a generic quote of, uh, you know, it was a honor playing for the Cowboys. This was just a business decision, yada, yada. And then they asked him as a follow-up, what kind of player do you think they are? And he said, I'm elite. And 
Like, that's the exact reason I, I'm glad we got rid of him, frankly. That, that, that's, exactly, that's exactly the impression that I got. Yeah. Um, after he signed his contract, I read an article. I don't remember where it was. It was a lengthy article. It was like a day in the life of Jalen Smith. And it described him as basically being treated like royalty around in Dallas, in, in that area. And I thought, oh, boy, I hope this doesn't go to this guy's head. Well, I think it did go to his head. And I think the contract went to his head. Uh, either that or he's always been like this. I don't know. Um, but this did not help. And this is the culture that the Cowboys have to be so careful of that Jimmy Johnson's been talking about for a long time is that there's this culture of arrogance down there. Yeah. That it seems like no matter what the facts are, they, they always put the spin on it that they're somehow better than they are. Yeah. And maybe Jalen Smith was just being defensive, but I think that he really believes that he's elite. Yeah. And um, I think he's really deluded. Yeah. And as far as why they released him, well, they released from what I, what I read this week, and I think it's accurate. They released him because he's got a guaranteed contract, a guaranteed uh, salary next year of over $9 million, even if he gets hurt right. this year. Right. And they wanted to renegotiate that. that. Mm-hmm. And they also, refused. They, you know, I saw that they were playing a lot of 3-4 uh, in which case he was playing middle linebacker a lot last week, and his stat line was one tackle. That is terrible for somebody playing in middle linebacker. In fact, it's bad for anybody playing linebacker with playing the number of snaps that he was playing. But if that, in fact, is true, that he was playing middle linebacker in a 3-4 and only finished with one tackle, that's really bad. And mm-hmm. all, But the main thing that I've seen people criticize him for is his coverage ability. They said his coverage ability was really lacking. So um, I can see the Cowboys looking at the linebacker that they have right now, seeing that they got a steal in Jabril Cox, and seeing that you know they've got a they could get along without him, they could send a message to the team, and they could really yeah. spare themselves his uh, salary next year. Mm-hmm. Or I who God only knows how it's worked out, but they can avoid that whole thing where you know if he does get hurt. Um, and even if he can't play the entire season, they're on the hook for over nine million dollars. Right. I mean that that's a pretty horrible. I mean, yeah, th- that's a pretty horrible salary cap situation. You know, they couldn't afford that, not with the situation they're going to be in. So, right. all that makes sense to me as reasons. A reason is the reason why he uh, was released. And I understand they tried to trade him, and there were no yep. takers, which is telling. Yeah, and. Uh, <laughs> Green Bay can have him. He's he's, yeah. he's no threat as a linebacker. No, no, and and I think he was he was playing marginally better this year than he was yeah. last year, but but still like nowhere near the level he was playing in in 2018. And I, um, there was a PFF podcast. They do these short podcasts that was pretty much solely focused on Jalen Smith and. They're talking about the tape of him in 2018 compared to the tape of him ever since, and and what the what they noticed that was different. And basically, the big thing was th- that he 
he didn't hesitate in 2018. He was kind of a, a wrecking ball that would just fly to the ball. And even if he was wrong, he was so aggressive that it didn't matter. He, he was still disruptive. And now the two things they were talking about was he hesitates and he just doesn't like to be to be blocked. Like, And you can see multiple plays where and it's painful to watch where he runs away from the ball carrier as the running back is running towards him and to avoid being blocked, he runs away from it and just opens up a giant hole. And and you, you can't have that as an NFL linebacker. So yeah, I I think overall it was, it was the right decision. And I, I really like the message it sends, which is, it doesn't matter your star power. It doesn't matter your name. Like you're, you're absolutely right about the culture. I, I do think it's starting to to shift a little bit, and this definitely helps. Um, there are some people that were saying, like after we cut him, and it's mainly fans that don't really get how bad Jalen Smith is. People that looked at his tackle total and thought he had a good year last year, or people that just don't really know the team at all. Well, I give him some credit for making all those tackles, but it is an overrated stat. Yeah, right. But, you know, there are people that are saying, oh, this is going to wreck the team. This is, you know, the downfall of the Cowboys. And, you know, sure didn't look like it today. And it was very, I, I, I got to say, that, that play where Daniel Jones was injured, um, Not, it, I will say when the, in, when the news when I found out about the news, my initial impression was this means Jabril Cox is going to get a lot more snaps. And and it didn't seem like he did in this game, but he made a great play on Daniel Jones and no way in hell does Jalen Smith make that play. He's not going to, first of all, he's not fast enough. I don't Shouldn't think. that have been a penalty? Wasn't that a helmet to helmet though? On J- Well, he's running. If, if that happened in the pocket, yes. But he was running the ball, and he initiated contact, Daniel Jones. He, he definitely was the one who dropped his head. Um, I, I think Jalen, or uh, Jabril Cox played it exactly as he, as he should have. He did make a nice play on it. Yeah, yeah. And, and that, that was the only play I, I could you know, notice him playing. So, yeah, it didn't seem like he changed his snaps. But, but it was a big play. It led to a fourth and... And one, and and obviously, it, you know, not that you wish injury, but it it knocked Daniel Jones out of the game. Um, but but I mean, just the fact that he got there—that's he's just a better athlete than Jalen Smith. And as long as he doesn't shy away from tackles like Jalen Smith did, he's going to be an upgrade without a doubt. And I think people are more scared than they should be about Jalen Smith as a certainty and Jabril Cox as an uncertainty, which I kind of get, but I think at that position, it's, you're, you're not, especially the way Jalen Smith played the game, avoiding tackles and just being a, a huge liability in really everything, you're not going to get much worse than that, if at all. And, and, and I don't think it's going to make a, it's not going to make as significant a difference as playing awful at cornerback would. Um, like, there's guy. I mean, 
perfect, we're talking about Jalen Smith. He's a perfect example. Last year, he had a shitty year, and there are people that think he had a good year. Same with Devin White for the Buccaneers, for example. He'll make a splash play every once in a while. He was drafted high. People think he's good. When down to down, he's not. It, it's just a position that is hard to really see the the nuances of unless a guy's making a, a sack or a tackle for loss um it's not as apparent as cornerback for example so yeah i, I think all in all it, it's a it's a great move and i i just hope we get to see more of jabril cox because um i think he might be especially if we move parsons back to defensive end which we really should do um michael parsons played well as a linebacker today though yeah i think he played better he played than last well. week yeah yeah he did but but our defensive our pass rush was it was fine we i mean gregory got some nice hits on the quarterback but for such a Gre- bad Gre- O-line. maybe it's a coincidence but gregory seems to be playing better now that they put michael parsons out there at the defensive end he might have felt a little well, he on his heels, too. He, he didn't—maybe, maybe. I mean, he, Parsons didn't really play defensive end much today. Um, no, in, the other, in that one game he did. Oh, yeah, the Eagles game yeah. we're talking about. Yeah, right. And, yeah, and he did well. He did well in that game. Gregory, yeah, in general, he's, he's done well. But, I mean, today, the the Giants' O-line was is— absolute garbage and with Andrew Thomas out he was the one guy who was playing right. kind of good that that was to be expected and and frankly I think we should have had more pressure than we we did like we definitely pressured them a lot we Is didn't get any sacks so line that bad I think so I think they Bill might Hernandez. be the worst he, he's bad he was drafted I remember liking him coming out he was highly regarded yeah. but he is terrible and the whole line, the whole line is below average. I, I don't know if any one of them is like Chaz Green bad. Probably, I, I don't think so. But or Chaz Green. Yeah, yeah. He's always the the barometer. One game. Yeah, yeah. But and that was the weirdest thing because he had played a few games at left tackle before that and done well. Yeah. Well, that's that. That game is the difference between. Jason Garrett and Kellen Moore, in my opinion, is Jason Garrett gave the guy no help whatsoever, didn't scheme, didn't change the plan whatsoever to get the ball out of Dak's hands faster. Um, I think we've done a lot to help Biotish and Terrence Steele with our play calling and and running the ball better. That that certainly helps, but I think coaching to, is a lot has a lot to do with having someone really bad and and Chaz Green probably worse than I mean than anyone I've seen since but it, but also it didn't help that we were leaving him one-on-one after he was getting whooped the right. like after maybe first three sacks you know, maybe give the guy a, a little bit of help um but yeah so I I think it's it's I think Dak Prescott as much as I said earlier that I don't think he's like, you know, blowing it out of the water this year, um, even though he hasn't really needed to. But I think as 
as a leader and as just an example coming back from injury, I think you've got to give him a lot of credit for the culture shift more than McCarthy, um, who, you know, I, I will say this about McCarthy. I mean, the only thing that I know is, you know, his decision ultimately has, is the, you know, decisions to go for it and kind of the aggressiveness. And today he was he was pretty aggressive on fourth down, and which I liked, even though the first time didn't work. Um, I think that was the right call. But, um, but no, I think Dak and, you know, Dan Quinn, I, I give him credit as well. There, there was this, uh, this article about how he had this team building activity where all the players, all the defensive players wrote down something they expect of, I think, of themselves. And then they passed it around and like each player wrote something they expect from, an, from the other player. Um, which, which I think is, is kind of cool, like just team camaraderie and, and they're playing, they're playing better. There's obviously a method to his madness. Trayvon Diggs today made a Deion Sanders play. I saw Deion Sanders make that play. Okay. Yeah. That was beautiful. Yeah. That was beautiful. There aren't many corners who can do that. Yeah. Yeah, Trayvon Diggs, like, I don't think of him as, like, a super speedster cornerback. And I don't think no. he ran a four a 40, so so we don't know what his, like, his true 40 time is. But, but he, plays he has it. closing speed, like, yeah. crazy closing speed. And he's also a t- tall guy. But, yeah, I mean, that play, a great example. I, I do wonder if, if it was a better throw, if that could have beaten him. Um, well, that's the Maybe. old debate, you know, can yeah, a great yeah. throw always beat great coverage? Now, Aikman says a great throw can always beat great coverage, but it, that's kind of a meaningless question because you got to define those things, and yeah. I don't think there's any answer really to it. Yeah. But, look, Trayvon Diggs made a beautiful play. Yeah. <laughs> okay, end of story. I mean, right. you know, there's, I, I think in the NFL it's always a combination of you doing something good and the other person doing something bad that leads to something sure. positive for you. Um, I As think a defensive player, I think yeah. that's usually the way it happens. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a, I don't think there's a lot of cases where you were just great and the Perfect. other guy was great. Uh, I, I mean, it does happen. Like the Jordan Lewis, I thought had good coverage on that one throw that was completed near the end of the game. Yeah, uh, I, I forgot who it. Meant oh yeah, to. yeah, Evan Ingram, like a back shoulder fade kind of. I think that was the play. I think it was a yeah. sideline play with yeah. receiver, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I thought Jordan Lewis was in good coverage, but somebody who knows more quarterback quarterbacks said it was, might say, well, if he had done this and this, he was going to knock the ball down or whatever. Right. But regardless, it was at least it was good. It was good. Can't yeah. fault them. For, I don't think he, he fault them for it. Jordan Lewis has had a good season. Anthony Brown surprising us. Yeah. Okay. Um, he's not. He's never going to be a great corner. He's never going to be even as good as Trayvon Diggs is right now. Trayvon oh, Diggs is a definitely. very interesting story because he's just taken off like a, a bat out of hell this year. Yeah, He really has. And I think people thought it was going to be C.D. Lamb who was just going to explode this year. And C.D. Lamb has been very good, but the explosion has been Trayvon Diggs. Yeah, And to a lesser degree, Micah Parsons. 
Yeah. Uh, Micah Parsons is Pollard. only so it's not fair. Yeah. I'd say Tony Pollard is, is the other the other kind of breakout guy I would always, think of. Always gets more yards than you think he will. Yeah. Yeah. Still still doing that. Um, no, I, and I think CeeDee Lamb, like, he, we just haven't needed. Do you think he's faking that injury? Zeke? Uh, no. Because I mean, he went Lamb. right back in the game, man. Yeah. And I, then he, 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 he showboated into the end zone. <laughs> yeah. I think it, it could have been one. I mean, maybe there's a possibility for sure, but I, I think it's also possible it was like a very painful but very short-term thing where like the wind gets yeah. knocked out of you, like he well, fell on the pylon. Um, but but who knows? Maybe it was, uh, you know, maybe it was a little bit of showmanship. Um, but yeah, all in all, good good solid win, and I think. You know, yeah, I, I, I love the fact that, and I, I don't know how, <laughs> we probably weren't that close to getting rid of, of Ezekiel Elliott at any point, but I'd like to think that the juxtaposition of, you know, we've got these two players, we've paid a lot of money, anyone would agree they were underwhelming last year, and you've got one in Zeke Elliott who is taken off. Um, pretty much with each week has he you know wasn't great against the Bucks, very tough run defense, okay against the Chargers, but clearly outplayed by Pollard. And then I think the last three weeks he's been you know comparable to Pollard and, and playing as well as he's he's played since his rookie year. Yeah, you got that on one side, and Jalen Smith who just <laughs> continues to underwhelm, and we. And we got rid of him. I think that's a a strong message. And yeah, I, I like the way way we're we're headed right now. Um, and your your you know your your guy too there, the third round defensive tackle, uh, is continues to, to to look good to look good. Yeah, yeah, he's. I'd still be shocked uh, if the third round defensive end does anything. Golden, you know, I won't say his name, but. He he's done okay, I I think for, you know. But yeah, I, I it's still three guys. It's it's Gregory Parsons and and Demarcus Lawrence. Those are the guys that can create consistent pressure and who I trust to get after the quarterback. Everyone else is kind of in another, you know. Who, who cares who's number one, who's number two? They're all I, mediocre. Neville Gallimore. We don't have Neville Gallimore, who well, I think is going to be a good player. I agree, and and I'm talking about defensive ends when I say yeah, that that okay. group. But um, but yeah, I mean, the the nice thing about about this team, especially if Anthony, I, I've kind of thought throughout the the off season and continuing on that this would probably be a a season where one of the rookies is forced to start pretty quickly and is going to struggle really and I mean at cornerback second or third round guy and is going to struggle pretty badly and then maybe get better by the end of the year um I mean best case scenario if Anthony Brown just stays playing like he has I think we can live with that and we probably don't even need to go to one of those guys but worst case even if he you know can maintain this for a couple more weeks, and then, you know, then we need to go with one of the rookies 
week 10 or 11, I think that's a much better position to be in after those guys have have had some experience. That's what they did with Kevin Smith, yeah, when he was a rookie. Yeah, Yeah. so with Trayvon Diggs, you know, last year, he clearly got better about halfway through the season after he was getting lit on fire to start the year. Well, Kevin Smith was a first-round rookie, and he didn't start until halfway through the season. Uh, so, uh, are they are they doing anything with the third round corner? Not that I can tell. If, if we're when it's, we took it's out Kennedy, the Kennedy is getting yeah, Kennedy's getting the snap. So, I would think that uh, Bossman Fat would be once he's healthy, he'll probably get in at least a little bit of rotation as maybe the fourth guy, but. Yeah, the third round guy doesn't seem to be. He's probably fifth on the depth chart, and and will probably be sixth once old Bossman comes back. Um, but uh, but yeah, so move moving on. The Cowboys next week are facing the New England Patriots, and it's important to to note they're playing in Foxborough. The last three games have been in Dallas, and that's I, I do think that has helped a lot. And I think I've said this before, but I really feel like in the Dak-Zeke era, I think home field advantage has meant more than it had with, like, Romo. For for whatever reason, the fan base, I think, is more just behind Dak and Zeke than they were for any Romo-led team. That's just kind of my my feeling. Um, I think they love everybody. Yeah. Maybe, but but yeah, I, I think it definitely it's a big advantage playing at home. So we're playing in Foxborough, October. I don't know what the forecast is, but the last game I saw with them playing in Foxborough was the Bucks game where it was raining. Um, so it'll be. Uh, I'm not going to say it'll be a game that I'm worried about but it, it's going to be there'll be a tough test um especially in in foxborough it's a game that we should win and that i think we will win but i wouldn't but i'm i'm nervous about especially if it's bad weather the the thing that makes me the most confident that we should win even if it is bad weather Beyond the fact that they almost lost to the Texans with Davis Mills, who who has played like absolute shit the whole rest of his his season, their run defense is not very good. Then we should be able to run the ball probably better than we even did today, and and as well as we did against the Chargers and the Eagles. Um, I think their pass defense typically is not bad and they definitely can you know Belichick is good at confusing quarterbacks and throwing different looks but if we can run the ball well enough to to where they can't predict when we're going to throw it then I think that kind of takes takes it out of the game you know takes that element of disguise out of the equation and I do think a lot of the time, Belichick will employ a... He definitely did this against Brady and the Bucks. He'll do a strategy where he's kind of giving up the run and, you know... Or, or sorry, is... is yeah, le- yeah, letting you run it and just taking away the pass and specifically the deep pass. Well, and I don't think... 
I don't expect him to do that against against us with how we're playing. But if he does, yeah, I think we'll we'll run for you know 200, 250 yards, and and their offense. I think Mac Jones is playing well for a rookie, probably better than any other rookie quarterback. But they don't have anyone that scares me on that offense as far as like threats. Um, they don't have a Kadarius Tony or a John Ross, anyone that... I mean, they got Nelson Aguilar. That's about it as far as deep threats. Well. Um, so, yeah, I'm... I feel pretty good about it, but it is Belichick, and, you know, you never, you never know with him. The, um, what, what are your thoughts on this uh, Week 6 matchup? I hope it's on TV here. Yeah. Um, oof, what do I think about it? It's in Foxborough, right? Yep. Now, what do we do? What were our predictions last week with the, the Giants game? We both predicted Dallas would win. Yeah, I think mine was 38 to 23 victory. I, I've been tracking a little bit, and I think. Every one of my predictions has been. I think I've been, I think I've been right on all of them. And the only game that I was, I overshot the spread in which it happened. So I think I, I predicted we'd lose by fourteen to the Bucks, which we and we lost by two. I predicted we'd win by three against the Chargers, which we did. I think I predicted we'd win by. I think less than what we did end up winning against the Patriots. It was the Panthers. I remember I predicted 31 to 17, 14 point win, and we only won by eight. And then, yeah, last week, I think it was 38 to 23, 15 point spread, and it was 24 that we did. So we've overachieved compared to my expectations in all but one game so far, um, which is, is pretty good. But. Yeah, Patriots. It's another uh, your time four twenty five. My time three twenty five. Yeah, uh, next Sunday in Foxborough. I'm gonna take a quick look at the. I'll take Dallas in this one. What? Thirty one twenty four. Thirty one twenty four. Okay. Um. I'm going to say we'll win 24 to 16. Okay. It's, it's just check the weather. There's 40% persis, pers, precipitation chance. Um, so, but yeah, I, I think it'll be lower scoring than the last couple games, but I think we'll, we will end up prevailing. Um, but yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting. When, when is anybody coming back? Is there any word on any of these? Guys? I mean, Lyle Collins' suspension has to nearly be over. Mm-hmm. Well, it was five games. It's been. I, I feel like pretty much all of them, besides Demarcus. My impression is besides Demarcus Lawrence, I think they'll all be back after the bye. So this week yeah. we got the Patriots after is the bye, and then I think we'll have quite a few players back after that. So. Right. Yeah, I I expect Gallup, I expect Collins, 
Um, I'm not sure about Gallimore, but definitely those two. I would be surprised. Well, I mean, Collins, it's a five-game suspension, so for sure him. Hasn't he done four already? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. And Gallup, you know, I didn't, you know, I, I, I didn't know how long it was going to be. I didn't think it would be that long. It was three to five weeks. That was the initial, the initial um, expectation. So it's been four weeks, and and probably the fact that he's that we've been doing so well, and you know that probably is part of it. Where we have no need to rush him back while we're winning by you know while we're running the ball very well and and winning pretty easily. Um, So. I don't know if that's part of it, but yeah, I would be surprised if he's not back after after we come back from from the bye week. But um, but yeah, all all in all, it's looking looking pretty good. But yeah, again, until really until the I think we got the Broncos on the schedule. They're they're all right. Um, yeah. Vikings, Broncos, Falcons, and the Patriots are, are the teams we'll face before the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, so uh, the Broncos, Bron- Broncos are respectable. Vikings, mm, not. The, they almost lost to the Lions today, and the Falcons are kind of a yeah. So I think honestly the Patriots are are going to be probably the second. Oh, we got second the Falcons best. on the schedule. Yeah, I'm going to be at nice. that game actually. That's my oh, one, one game right. I'll be at this year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think the Patriots are probably going to be like the second toughest team we'll face in the next before Kansas City, um, unless you want to say Minnesota in Minnesota. Right. I don't know, but. But yeah, I think uh, think we're we're in a good spot right now, and um, just gotta stay stay healthy and you know, and keep on doing what we're doing. But um, but yeah, I think uh, that'll that'll be it for this week. But uh, thanks all for for tuning in, and we'll be back back next week to uh, break down Cowboys Patriots. So until then, we'll uh, sign off for uh, for week five.